Okay, welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm excited today to be able to do another interview. So uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself, and that's where we will start. Go ahead and tell us who you are, where you're from, so like what council, and how you're involved with Girl Scouts. Hi, my name is Allison Adana, and I'm a troop leader here with Silver Sage Council in Idaho. Um, that's the southern portion of Idaho that they cover, as well as a little bit of Oregon. And I've been a troop leader for six years now and have loved every minute of it. That's awesome. So what grade level is in your troop and how large is your troop? I'm currently going into this next school year. We will have grade three through grade eight. Um, we did start originally in Daisies. Um, so my oldest daughter has been a Girl Scout for six years now. We have 28 troop members currently in our troop um, and possibly we'll go to 32 by next year. That is a lot. Do you mind sharing what your breakdown is of girls per level? Um, yeah. So with the bridging that happened this year, um, we had we used to have 12 brownies, but now we only have uh, four left there. So we have 12 juniors. And then I can't remember how many juniors. We're going to have like 13 cadets, I think, at this point um, for the next year. 13 cadets is great. Do you have any insight as to how you maintain such high retention going into middle school? Um, So far, we have um, focused on letting it be girl-led, having the girls offer suggestions on what they would really love to do as a group. And we try to incorporate um, all different ideas so that one girl isn't feeling left out that her vote never counts. So we try to really incorporate a lot of their suggestions. And so we would do fall product and cookie product sales um, in order to fuel the fun. And we do a lot of community events as well. So we enjoy filling up our vests with fun patches and really engaging our, the girls in lots of opportunities so that they'll want to continue on. And we currently are working towards extra fundraisers for traveling to San Francisco. And we just keep pushing forward and showing the vision of what's possible you know, when you complete your bronze award, how great that feels and going on to be able to do further things to help the community. Do you mind sharing what they did for their bronze award? Um, so I've had the opportunity to do two different bronze awards with different groups over the years. Um, the first group did a, they wanted to help the animal shelter, so the Humane Society. And so they took their cookie boxes and recycled them to make cat scratchers. And we, you know, put catnips in there and, and put them together. Um, and then we also got other donations from people in the community to donate because they always need like old used towels and things like that. And then we also put some of our cookie money in to donate for food and those types of things. And then our second one that we're just working on still, actually, we decided during COVID that we would jump in and make masks. So none of these girls knew how to sew. Um, only about half of them had a sewing machine at home with a parent that could show them. Um, so we did that, and the girls that weren't sewing were cutting the material and prepping it for them. And then we would go from there, and then the girls that were cutting obviously didn't get enough hours in. So now they are learning how to do knitting on a loom so that they can make some hats for the VA for the winter time. So all of our focus has been on donating to the VA. What a cool way to make the most out of this awful COVID situation, which Actually, let's talk about that for a second. Um, overall, how do you feel 
this COVID-19 um, social distancing and quarantine has impacted your troop. And by that, I mean the cookie sale, your troop meetings, events, everything like that. Well, we were very, very fortunate that COVID hit a little bit later in our cookie season. So we did get three weeks of boost sales in. Um, our troop was able to sell just over 12,000 boxes this year with the 28 girls. And so that was great. Looking back, I, it has definitely affected, you know, energy. Um, we had really good turnout on Zoom meetings. We decided um, we normally meet twice a month for an hour and a half. So we went to Zoom meetings for 40 minutes every week instead. Um, some of that was just connecting with the girls, having them share how they're doing and what they've been doing. Um, of course, it's not the same as sharing all the exciting things you normally do in life because you're mostly at home. But um, they talked about games that they were playing with their families and different things like that or new things they were learning. So we really enjoyed um, meeting together. And then we also did start going into doing the bronze award with the juniors, with the brownies. We did a paint badge. So I put together kits that they got picked up by their parents at my place. And then we had the opportunity, I did videos on a YouTube channel so that they could learn how to paint um, because I have an art degree. So that was really great to be able to provide that for them. And then they would take a picture of what they did and send it to me. And it's just fabulous to, to have that interaction. We've done, with the Brownie Age, we've done things like um, I Spy, like or not I Spy, but like a scavenger, like find this in your house and bring it back. And then whoever was first gets to pick what the next item is. So we had lots of fun with them. Um, we did wrap up another couple of badges, uh, take action that we were working on. And the girls are making a book about how to survive as a brownie during COVID and that's going to be left at our public library as sort of like a history of what was going on at this time and we have with our cadets uh, we wrapped up the woodworking um, badge that we were working on and a couple of little pieces like marketing that the girls had needed to complete so we would meet regularly and, and talk about those and make future plans so it's been really fun um, reaching out and still you know being in connection with them um, one of the funnest things we just did with cadets was at the end of our meetings, because we've just finished our Zoom meetings for the year, but we had a chopped scenario. And so that was an idea I got from the Girl Scout Gab website, uh, Facebook page. And so we had, um, I bought six ingredients and they had to make a meal out of it and they didn't have a recipe or anything. Um, and I did have like a mystery item, which was, they didn't know what the, even what it was, but it was dried, uh, Oh, what are they called? Dried edamame um, seeds. So anyway, some of them crushed it up, put it on top of the spinach and mandarins, like a little salad. Um, others cooked the spinach with the chicken and uh, tomato ingredients that they got. So it was a lot of fun. We had the juniors join us as like a bridging thing to see what the cadets do. That all sounds like so much fun. And like you really made the best out of this tough situation that we're in. Can you tell me what are some things that had to be canceled or postponed for your troop because of COVID-19? Well, as you know, any travel stopped and we had been fundraising. Five of our girls that are fifth grade cadets, or sorry, not fifth grade, fifth grade uh, juniors, this year we're wanting to go to the Golden Gate Bridge Crossing in San Francisco. So we've heard great things about that opportunity and we, you know, started booking it in October. And so we've worked really hard towards going to that 
and that was, it was disappointing because it was the end of April and of course there was no way that we were going to be able to go um, and then of course a lot of our girls even during cookie season they work hard to receive what's called cookie dough in our council where those funds can be used for registration uniforms just at the Girl Scout shop for camp service unit events so this, this cookie dough is like real cash and so a lot of them were going to go to camps this summer that unfortunately were all canceled um, and so um, it's it's kind of sad because I feel like in our state things have been starting to go back to normal and that there would have been a possibility to still hold those camps but I do understand that they had to make that decision with all the planning. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else we I mean we have some other things that we're hoping to engage in like archery was something we would have done by now um, but of course we're just postponing that a little bit and then we're going to do some horseback riding here in a little while so um, as long as things don't change back, then we're on track to, to do those things still. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I wanted to take a moment to touch on the things that are disappointing and hard and frustrating and the things that had to be canceled or postponed because I think sometimes there's sort of this comparison imposter syndrome that sort of happens with troop leaders sometimes where they hear about awesome stuff other troop leaders are doing or things that council or national is recommending and they feel really inferior or like they're not doing enough or they don't have the bandwidth to be a good leader and I just kind of want to take the moment to sort of sit in the the stuff that stinks the stuff that um, we're all disappointed and we're all frustrated and we're all feeling it and we're all in it together and yes there are ways tons of different ways there's a whole spectrum of ways that we can make the best out of the situation but overall um, there is always going to be that underlying element of this year did not go the way that any of us intended or hoped that it would and a lot of things got pushed and it stinks and it's just hard and it it's just it it's not all sunshine and roses, even for the troops and the troop leaders who maybe seem to be going above and beyond. So if you're feeling like this all just stinks, you're not alone. Okay, so you mentioned that things are starting to get better in your area, which is great, and I'm so glad to hear that. So assuming that you don't meet over the summer, because I think you mentioned that you were breaking for summer, um, in a normal year, when do you normally start back up with troop meetings? And do you think you'll be able to go back normally this year? And if so, when do you plan to do that? And how do you determine when it's safe to reconvene meetings and events in person? I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just talking to another leader about this the other day. Is um, I was saying to her, like she has a, a huge group. She has like 70 girls um and it's all led you know it's led by her but then there's co-leaders over every section um but with that i said like they they've got too big of a group to get together even based on any of our state's policies but girl scouts nationally has not actually allowed us yet to meet as groups and i don't know how many leaders actually realize that um and so that's really important i think communication that you know we aren't actually given permission yet so in the sense of any Girl Scout insurances, you don't want to put your girls in that situation. So we're just waiting for the okay. We're planning ahead by booking things for July. Um, with the COVID, it's just, you just don't know. So our, our hopes and goals are if school resumes and we're able to meet back at the school in September, that we'll be able to 
go back to our regular meetings and, and do what we've always done. Um, we always have bridged in the fall, so that hasn't interrupted anything that way, but we usually do a great ceremony at the end of the year to celebrate their cookie rewards that they get and give those out and just have a lot of fun. So in my opinion, I feel like trying to be as flexible as possible and still having a really great attitude about what we can do and find ways to be creative is the solution to still make great, great ideas happen with Girl Scouts. So having that positive frame of mind, like I can do anything versus, oh, this is ruining everything. You know, it really makes a difference on your troop overall and for you, how you feel. Um, I am a leader because I love to inspire girls to be their best. And so um, without the opportunities I had as a young girl um, with camping, I would never know that I love camping and I love nature. So I think those different experiences for me as a girl have impacted what I want to give to girls in my troop today. That is a perfect segue, actually. So I was going to ask you next, were you in Girl Scouts when you were growing up? And if so, for how long? When I was a young girl, I actually lived in Canada. So I was a girl guide um, and I started at the age of nine. So that is what's called girl guide level. Um, and then after that is a pathfinder. And then after that, I, you have a chance to be three different things. You can be a cadet, a senior, um, sorry, a, a junior aide, um, a cadet or a ranger. And so I chose to do the, the junior aide where I would go and help other troops and do leadership. So um, through those years, and I just had, you know, made great friendships and had a lot of great experiences that I still pull tidbits from in my life today. And that's another reason why I just think Girl Scouts is so valuable because you're learning about so many different things. You're finding out what things you really love and are interested in. If you didn't get exposure to those things, how would you ever know? And so my parents were not campers. They didn't grow up going camping at all with their families. Um, but when I went into the outdoors, I loved it. And that is a huge thing for me. I make sure that our girls have a camping experience every year with our troop. Um, they have opportunities to go camp at Camp Alice Fincher, which is our camp here for Silver Sage Council. And it is a beautiful place. And we also do have one other one for our council called uh, Camp Tamanowitz, and that's on the east side of Idaho. So they do have the two camps. Um, camp Tamanowitz has uh, the horseback riding and things. Um, so that's really exciting. And we have um, a winter camp each year because we don't go outside, obviously, to camp in the snow. But we do have a Friendship Square house here in Idaho um, that people can rent. And so maybe one of your troops would be interested if you're a Girl Scout leader and coming here one time. But it has a kitchen facility and then it has um, a room for leaders and then it has a bigger room that you use for all your activities but your, the girls will sleep there and it has a couple of bathrooms and things so it's a really great area um, to have fun and so we often do like a journey in a day program with a camp over a weekend um, we take in the girls ice skating because there's a ice skating rink not too far away about 15 minute drive so we do a lot of really fun things every year um, we let the girls vote whether they want to ice skate or go swimming or something like that um, but a lot of them want to go back and try ice skating because they only do it that once a year. And so we're creating opportunities to do new things and it's really fun. Um, as a young girl, I just remember my leader just being someone I looked up to and I really admired. Um, it gave me another adult to have as a mentor and she just was always very straightforward with us and 
we just had a lot of fun. I don't remember even all the things we did and learned, but I just remember I had the same leader through the whole time. Um, she just kept moving up with us. And um, her name was Anne. I just have such a soft place in my heart for her. What is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? I think there's so many. <laughs> um, try not to be emotional, but I think really when I look back over the years, um, I just, I remember there's a few girls that come in and they're so shy and so soft-spoken. And I relate to that when I was a kid, I was, I was very shy. Um, and just seeing the growth, like even after that first cookie season of the opportunity to talk to people and, and get out of their comfort shell, you know, I just see them blossom and become so strong and confident. And it's just amazing. And I think that's like really the benefit I've received from being a leader. Um, I have had people recognize me and do lots of great things. I've received a beautiful gift that was a blanket of a bunch of pictures with a lot of the girls over the years um, that my other co-leaders had given me. So there's lots of great things like that. But honestly, just seeing the girls' growth and seeing them be excited about new things they're learning, that's really the reward for me. Mm, beautiful. What is one of the coolest adventures or experiences you've gotten to have with your troop? Again, so many things. Um, I, I want to say, like, I think it was my second year, we did paddle boarding. And when one of the girls brought it up, I didn't even know what it was. I'd never heard of it before. So I looked into it and we made it happen. And uh, I got up there too with them and of course fell off. But it was a, it was a great opportunity to try something new. And um, but we've had lots of opportunities through camp to do lots of different things. And uh, Jubilation is a camp that happens here in Idaho every three years. Um, and it's over towards an area called Twin Falls. And it's uh, about a thousand Girl Scouts that go to that camp of all ages. And that really has been a huge highlight and experience. Um, I went once to volunteer just to kind of get a feel for it because my girls were only going into grade one and I wasn't going to bring a bunch of daisies. I just wasn't something I wanted to do personally um, for our first outing, you know. And then afterwards, we um, went again with our troop and we took 18 girls that year. And that was two years ago. And so it was really exciting and really fun. Um, they just had a blast and the girls just are doing so much that they are wiped out at the end of the day. Okay, so the reason why I do this podcast is because Girl Scouts is not just for girls to grow. It's for adults to grow, too. Tell me, what is one way you've been impacted or changed from your experience as a Girl Scout volunteer? Um, definitely as a leader, I'm always growing and improving like organizational skills. But one of the biggest things, I think, is learning, you know, how to how to not impose what my expectations are on somebody else in the sense of leadership because I'm all in as you mentioned like you love Girl Scouts you talk about it all day long and that's me I have such a passion for it and I have had to slow down and not expect that out of my other leaders because we all have different lives we all have different things that are important to us and not everybody lives breathes Girl Scouts and I know some of us do, but not all of us. So I've had to learn to respect whatever boundaries need to happen and appreciate what the volunteers can give and work with that. So um, really just learning to have better communication with adults and figuring out 
how to be there to support them in leadership roles is a huge one. Ooh, relatable. That was speaking directly to my heart. <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge or obstacle as a troop volunteer? Um, similar to that is, is expectations is I know how much, for instance, say out of the cookie program, the girls benefit and grow. And when I see a parent that doesn't engage and help their daughter to really fully participate in cookie sales, they don't realize the loss of what their daughter could experience through that. That's, that's one of those areas that just sort of breaks my heart a little bit. And not that they have to. I mean, by all means, I let people do what they're going to do for cookies. Everybody has different goals. But that's how girls learn to goal set in their life. That's how they learn how to do financial, you know, counting and everything from the youngest ages of daisies. And I just, there's so many experiences they get from decision-making, like how are they going to spend the money that they earn or, or if they want to do something, how are they going to earn towards that? So there's a lot of different aspects to cookies and it's not about the sale of the cookie itself, but it's actually what's all involved in it for learning and the confidence building for these. It's sorry not to have that expectation for other parents to feel the same and, and have their daughter fully engaged that way. Um, we do have really good attendance from most girls, um, but there is occasions where like they're doing cheer for say six weeks. So they'll miss a few meetings and we'll give parents the information and sometimes they'll catch them up and do the items we had done with our troop. But if not, they just miss out on that badge. So it's, it's unfortunate, but I can't uh, control what other people's decisions are. So I just have to kind of be flexible and work with, the girls that want to work and appreciate the ones that are there. Oh, definitely. Remember for a second, just take a minute to remember who you were and what it felt like when you were just starting out as a brand new Girl Scout volunteer and you were getting ready to launch your troop in the very beginning. If you could talk to that version of yourself now, what would you want to tell yourself? Um, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, definitely be flexible. Go with the flow. Um, you don't have to learn everything all at once because I've kind of felt overwhelmed. Like there's so much to know when you first become a leader. Um, but it's all there for you when you're ready to, you know, engage in it. So I think just, you know, breathe, have fun with the girls. That's really what it's about is making those connections for them. They're there to have fun and learn. So just don't sweat the small stuff. Similarly, if you want to add on or expand to that, what advice do you have for new troop leaders who might be listening to this podcast episode? Um, I think just, you know, not to get overwhelmed with the paperwork. I think the paperwork can get cumbersome <laughs> sometimes. And I think that um, definitely work together with your co-leader. That's really important. I think a lot of times uh, the success of a troop is the success of the partnership of the two co-leaders. I really believe that. Um, I was really fortunate. I ended up being paired with a lady I didn't know. She had grown up in Girl Scouts as well. And Kelsey is one of my bestest friends now. And she and I both have goals, um, hopefully for our daughters to do Girl Scouts throughout their whole lives, <laughs> including a lifetime membership. Um, that's our goal for them. Now, she's told her daughter, her daughter doesn't have an option. She's doing this the rest of her life. <laughs> and for me, I've told my daughter, you have an option. If you don't want to do this, that's okay. I'm going to always do it. So um, 
my oldest has kind of gone back and forth. She's starting cadets and she's also involved in other things. So piano and some other things. And so I feel like as I get busier, it is a choice um, to continue with Girl Scouts. And so we had conversations over, you know, what is it that you love about Girl Scouts? What is it that maybe you don't love as much? And so we had those conversations and so she's decided she's going to do another year. Um, she's really excited to go to San Francisco. So she doesn't want to miss out on that. And I know once she gets that opportunity to travel, she's going to have that little travel bug and just stick with it anyway for, for that purpose. So um, just really, I work with a lot of new troop leaders um, actually in our service unit. So I'm a service unit SUTO, which is a service unit troop organizer and coach. And so um, I do help mentor people because I believe strongly in helping the girls to achieve the, the three journeys to earn a summit pin. And our girls, um, not every girl in our troop has done it. It depends if they come to the camp where we do one of our journeys, et cetera. Um, I offer parents to do it on the side if they didn't get a chance to be where, we, you know, where and when we did those. Um, but I really strongly encourage it because it just gives so much extra value um, for the girls because those are the awards that they can earn at that age. They can't do bronze, silver, and gold until they're older. And so those summit pins, I think, are really special. Mm, powerful. And not necessarily a popular opinion. Some, a lot of volunteers really struggle with journeys and um, they can feel really overwhelming and uh, intimidating. So for troop leaders out there who are maybe struggling or feeling some obstacles or, or feeling some pushback to journeys because they feel hard and overwhelming, what advice do you have specifically about journey program? Yes, absolutely. Um, for one, one of the first things I learned is you don't have to do everything in the book. <laughs> I know the very first time, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so much to read and so much to do. I think that's one of the parts that's cumbersome is the time to spend to go through reading and preparing it, you know, for the girls. Um, but there's been several that I've really enjoyed. One that I think people get really caught up in is the, the brownie, it's your story, tell it. That can be, take action can be almost anything. It's their story. What is their story? It can be absolutely anything. So I've seen people create the libraries that they put in communities, and those are fabulous. Um, I've seen people make their own storybooks to put at their public library. Um, but you can do just about anything. So if they want to create a story of their own and then implement it, that's what it's about. It's about realizing your world is so wide open that it can be anything. So that one really gives you a lot of leeway. Um, I do know my uh, co-leader said the wow the wow one I can't world of wonder or world of water um she really struggled with that one um and program in that regards is not for everybody it is really challenging I personally had to read through the book like several times like I'd read through the book and then I'd read through a portion and and plan what I was going to do with that portion and then move forward so um journeys are really a lot of work and in-depth um for the girls but you just need to pick pieces of them that will help them to understand the purpose of doing the journey so not everything in the book. <laughs> um, and another thing I think people struggle with is the take action portion. Because it's like, I got to come up with an idea for my troop. What are they supposed to do? But we want to try and encourage the girls to be forward thinkers. And what do they see in their communities that need to be done? Um, reach out to parents as well to be able to ask them what they feel are things in their community that need to be helped with. So, you know, reach out to people around you. Don't feel like you have to do that all on your own. So I think those are the biggest things there. Yes, that is all great advice. 
What do you have to say to someone who's considering volunteering for Girl Scouts? Do it. <laughs> Just jump in. Jump in. Have fun. Um, I don't really feel it's you put in as much time as you want to, really. Um, as a main leader, I spend a lot of hours because of all the things I want to do with my girls. So for me, I do a lot of hours um, because I do, although I don't run the meeting in the sense of what they're covering each week, um, I'm doing a lot of paperwork at the level that I'm doing with 28 girls, um, organizing permission slips, and I help our cookie mom. So I probably, probably do half of a job with the cookie mom at that seasonal time because for one person, 28 girls is a lot when we do over 12,000 boxes. So that was a lot of work. Um, and she was in her last trimester of pregnancy this year. So bless her. She's so wonderful. So glad she decided to join us still this year. So we have um, just a lot always going on, like planning events of things we're going to go out and do as a troop. Um, when we're doing ceremonies, I plan all those types of things. So I do invest a lot of time um, because I choose to. Um, if you're working with a co-leader and you have a smaller troop, like 12 or less, it really doesn't take a ton of hours. You know, you're going to probably plan um, a couple hours for a meeting and then have your meeting. So really just depending what you do outside of that with community, fun or outings, those are things that will take a little bit more time. But I really think it's worth the investment. Our time is going to be used up somehow. Are we going to be in front of Facebook scrolling through just reading about everybody else's lives or are we going to have a life and help other girls achieve great things in their life? What is one of your favorite or one of the best go-to resources that helps you run your troop? Honestly, our, the programs that are in place through Girl Scouts are phenomenal for all the resources we need. Our council is just right there and ready to answer anything for us. Um, we have a great council with Silver Stage Council. And so I think um, really I get my support there. I do reach out to my service unit manager as well. I think it's really important for leaders to realize it's important to go to their service unit meetings every month. Um, just not only to get some new information, but to collaborate with other leaders and just know that other people can share ideas with you and, and give you lots of great thoughts. Um, so I've always, you know, made it, an important thing to go. If I can't make it, I make sure I send a parent for that information. I've been on Girl Scout Gab for quite a while. That's a great place to just collaborate with people that are all over the nation. I enjoyed that. Um, I also really like the new one that I've gone to, which is called Virtual Girl Scouts, I think, on Facebook. So I do follow a couple groups just to read about things quickly here or there or ask a question. I actually have really utilized people in my area that I know have been leaders for many, many years and taken girls on cruises even. So I really try to utilize my resources however I can and reach out and get to know people. We also have had a great opportunity. Um, our, a group in our council, some of, some of these women that I've said have been leaders for a long time, have taken it upon themselves um, kind of outside of council and we have permission, obviously, but we use our Camp House Center and we do a Septemberfest is what it's called. And so at the end of September or beginning of October, we do an adult retreat for a weekend and we go up there and we do fun things and we do trainings. So, you know, I help teach um, and they, we use the volunteers to teach them as well. So I taught one match last year of how to light your fire with one match and then also different ways to create a fire. Um, We've had, I did paint night as part of the fun part of that night. So I taught the 
that event. Um, but we've had lots of people, we get first aid training coming up and teaching so people can get ready for different portions of like their 401, 403 camp trainings. I don't know if you guys have the same numbers, but we have the different levels of learning that you need to have in order to take your kids camping. So we have um, lots of great fun opportunities. We do a campfire where we learn new camp songs as leaders and just have a blast together. And so those types of opportunities or your annual conferences, those are all great opportunities for more learning. Yeah, and additionally, you mentioned that you yourself created a painting badge resource that is available on YouTube for other troops who might want to utilize it. So if people who are listening to this want to check out that resource, how can they find it? Um, It's under Discover Troop 709. And so if you go to that YouTube channel, um, there's different segments for the parts of the badge. And they're all within, I want to say, 11 to 20 minutes long, so they're not too long. Um, And that's an opportunity for your girls to learn. So during COVID, we put together paint packages for our kids and had the parents pick them up at my home. And they had the opportunity to follow along on those videos weekly to be able to create each portion of the paint badge. So then they would take a picture and send it in. So you're certainly welcome to utilize that resource. Um, My future goal is to, um, I'm going to do with the mural portion. I haven't had a chance to do that one yet. And then I'm going to be starting the junior drawing badge so that if you have a junior or you have juniors and you can't get together, you can certainly start working on the drawing badge as well. So um, I will introduce that in the next few weeks. So feel free to, to check out that YouTube channel and more people that utilize it, the better. I'm really happy to be able to help in any ways that I can. Thank you. That is all of my questions. So do you have any other stories or any words of wisdom that you really wanted to share as part of this interview that you don't necessarily feel you had the chance to share yet? I think just always focus on the girls. Realize that this is for them. And there's a lot of different times that I've had challenges over time um, with parents or situations. And so um, I think you got to work through those, the adults, because we are adults, and just realize it's about the kids and, you know, be there for them. So I think I've seen a lot of breakdown over time with adults not getting along. And so we need to be like kids and be forgiving and move forward and work together. And I think there's so much to learn from those girls. Oh my gosh, thank you for that. And in general, thank you for all of this. Thank you for spending time with me today. I really think this episode is going to be great. I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people. 